Welcome to Colorful Conversations with Katie. From exploring the latest design trends to uncovering strategies for building successful ventures, we dive deep into the colorful world where aesthetics meet profitability, all while balancing work with life. Whether you're a budding designer or a savvy entrepreneur, this webcast is your go-to source for inspiration, insights, and hopefully a dash of lively conversation. Today's guest is Diana Rushton. Diana specializes in project management and interior design. She likes to say that the partnerships between project management and design work fulfills her lifelong love of art and puzzles. With 15 years of experience in brick and mortar, e-commerce, residential, and commercial design, she feels she's found her true, true calling. With every project, she strives to create beautifully inspired work while bringing transparency to the process. When she's not designing or managing projects, you'll probably find her sipping iced coffee or petting as many puppies as possible, which I absolutely love. So welcome, Di. We're glad to have you back. Thank you. Hi. I welcome back fun. again. I know I couldn't decide whether to title this um, episode, like what happens in Vegas should never stay in Vegas. So we're bringing <laughs> Vegas to you. Or um, what was, I had another one floating around in my head, but yeah, I was like, oh, it's so good to have her back. Like, oh, it was die goes to Vegas. So you don't have to. Yeah. I mean, um, I feel like for this one in the summertime, that's the truth. Like <laughs> don't go. Oh, it was so hot. We had Diane Phoenix um, the week prior or the couple, the couple days prior, it was all part of one big bundle. And oh my gosh, it was like a hundred, 122. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Just a cool 122. <laughs> cool 122. Just, you know, cool enough that you can't get off the runway sometimes in Phoenix. Anybody else really? <laughs> just saying. So yes, let's talk all things market. First of all, lots of new trends, lots of stuff coming out of Vegas market. Mm -hmm. What caught your eye? I feel like the biggest thing was the color story that we saw with the rich chocolates, the mochas, um, those kinds of colors that are really coming back are no longer just in the accessories, which I feel like we saw at the last furniture market because it's like production wise and manufacturing wise, I feel like it is a little bit easier to do some of those accessories, but now we're seeing it in like the sofas and like the Merlot granites and that kind of like more substantial pieces are seeing, seeing those color palettes, which is really nice. And yeah that paired with like the paint that they're using in their showrooms really creates like that inspired look that is bringing it all together. Um, and it was just nice not to see as much gray, <laughs> you know, I'm, I love, I love gray black and white. What? Yeah. But yeah. like, come on, like, it's nice to see the coppers and, you know, more of those yeah. like rich Browns. So rich Browns, are we also getting into say some of those like terracotta colors and some of the yeah. oranges and like everything in that warm kind of burnt family mm -hmm. is what we're seeing. Totally. What let's talk textures too. What are we seeing? What did I know you said plaster? And I said, what dye plaster? And, you kind of, <laughs> and you're like, no, like plaster. It's awesome. So it's more of a texture thing. So it's not just like, I feel like when you say plaster, like people think like drywall and like totally wall and construction, but it's like artistic, artisanal, art, artisanal <laughs> plaster. Is that a word? Um, yes, so artisanal it, is. yes. Yeah. So it's like it it's that in a lot of light fixtures actually. So in the pendants and the table lamps and the floor lamps, and it is mixed with color sometimes, but then there's also just like that neutral palette of more of like a stone color that it's like neutral, but the texture is awesome. So it just is mm, perfect. It's beautiful. Yeah. We've seen so much farmhouse and I know we don't specify farmhouse typically, um, at all. And I'm, I just, I just want farmhouse to move on. And that's just me. And if you're listening to this and you're going, I love farmhouse. What is Katie even talking about? I totally do really love and respect you. Yeah. Howsomever, 
I really feel like farmhouses had its day in the sun. How much farmhouse were we seeing at market? How much more like of the mid-century that I feel like everything's pushing that mid-century more contemporary direction in general, but is farmhouse still out there? Is it still a thing? It's still out there depending on the manufacturer, the like vendor that you're like going to. Like there are certain companies that will always do farmhouse because like they're just Southern like driven. That's what they do. And I can appreciate that, that look. And it definitely had its time in the sun. But I think too, as designers, we see it so often that we're just like, okay, we would like to design something else besides that, especially in like the residential side, but in commercial, like it's the contemporary, like Southwest style, kind of like you were saying, like that kind of bohemian is like with the plaster and with those color palettes is really like coming into the furniture too, where you see like more of like that arched kind of look. But yeah, I mean, that farmhouse is still around, but I don't think it's quite as prevalent in everybody or in all of the art. Like, yes, like Highland cows are cute and the goats are cute, but we, we have it mixed in with more contemporary stuff. So I do feel like things are shifting in that trend um, and it's getting a little bit more niche back to those you know, manufacturers who have always done that. And it's kind of going back that way, which is um, just refreshing to see. Well, and in my heart, I'm just happy. But if you're a <laughs> farmhouse, we deeply love and respect that you're here. Like I said, <laughs> um, let's also speaking of textures. Oh, I hate to say the word shag. What are we seeing? Are we seeing, I like, I'm like plaster dye, shag dye. Tell me all the things dye shag. Yeah. Shag. Yeah. So it's um, not just in the like in an accent rug anymore but it's like in the chair like the chair looks like a sheep and it's awesome and it, it's not um like you know a little pile it's not like a one inch pile like it's not just like beep it's like girl like this is a throw that you just sewed on your chair and it's awesome because they're cozy and I feel like going into fall and winter like those pieces just make everything just feel like home but it's like next level shag. It's not just like, oh, that's fuzzy. It's like, oh, this you you have a sheep. Okay, it's great. <laughs> she got legs in the form of a chair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> congratulations. Yeah. Well, and I feel like for so long we saw that in accessories. We saw it in pillows. We saw it in all these Pros. things. But it seems like all these things we've been dibbling, dabbling in from a design standpoint. Now we're just blowing it out and going in with the full sofa, the full chair, the full fixture. Totally. Art. What did, how did you feel about art? You mentioned plaster for the lighting. Were there a lot of different mediums being teased out in the art world? I know we've done canvases for so long and canvases are great. I mean, they're a classic for a reason. They're a good price point, but what else did you see floating around out there in the art world? Yeah. Besides the, the plaster, which you, you know, did see, or like more of like an acrylic paint where it's like on with like, you know, their, their specialty, like little plaster knife thing, like, however they're getting that texture, um, (laughs) you see that, which is great, but they're also doing a lot of like led backlit pieces, which I thought were so interesting. So it was like, when you're trying to do, you know, say 15 floors of something and you want it just not to be like canvas, 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 like it was nice to see that you could sprinkle in those, like, uh, those little glimmers and that little bit of glitter there so that it, your eye has something to look at. That's a little bit more of a showstopper. So I saw a lot of that. And then also like more of like a shadow box, three-dimensional. So like back to that kind of that Southwest modern inspired, like you saw some tapestries that they had like squished. And so it was getting like a wave and then they were like securing that to the back of it and then putting glass. So it was more of a shadow box. It added a texture, but in the commercial space, you wouldn't have to worry about somebody like 
taking it off or picking at it because it truly had like that glass. And children it. would never pick at a tapestry. Never, 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 never. <laughs> children do that. Yeah, exactly. Especially in a commercial setting. And if you want to see visuals of these, check out the show notes and follow us on the socials because we put together great reels that Di took of all of these. If you're like, I kind of see this in my head, but I really want to see it. Go follow us on the socials because you will find all of what she found um, there for sure surprises, other surprises that you were not expecting to see come out of market? Oh man, that's such a good question. I would say, so in, in what we do, so in a commercial space, we do a lot of decor and the decor can't be like little, right? Like you can't just no. do like small little guys. Cause they're going to get lost or unfortunately they're going to grow legs and walk away. So the two, I feel like vendors that I saw that coming from brick and mortar, I didn't order a lot of because of the industry I was in is some really oversized scale for indoor outdoor. So like a giant teak horse that had metal accents, um, like hand screwed into it, but they were just giant. Like they were like almost full size, like, love it. Whoa. So you could really do like a showstopper in your entryway or like right in the beginning of your, your property. So that was really cool to see that I just stumbled across. That was nice. And then the second thing was just having a vendor for like your niche product. Like, so for us, what I found was coffee table books. So we do a lot of that kind of like staging so that it's very custom to wherever a client is within the country or whatever look we're going for, or in, you know, in, in a kitchen, that kind of thing. So being able to find a vendor for our business that can help with our margin and also the ease of shipping to our receivers. So it's just, you know, in one giant box, not with a bunch of SKUs, I feel like business and functionality and margin wise trying to really dig deep and find those exact things that you, you wouldn't necessarily think are going to be like a margin builder, but are because the, the relationship you have with those vendors is really just going to add, add to that. And it's going to make it easier on your team and easier to execute as you're traveling around. Totally agree. And I think what was neat out of market, just from hearing about it from you was the depth. It wasn't just all furniture. It wasn't just all, it ran the full, full scope. And even down to like, we were discussing florals, mm-hmm. huge, big, extravagant florals are back and not a quadrillion of them, but back to the idea of 10% glitter on every project. Mm-hmm. There was a 10% glitter quotient in the form of these really beautiful show-stopping large oversized florals. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. Because what I, I mean, we, we always have like love a floral, right? Like a little bit of plant always. Organic makes, is you know, beautiful. Exactly. It brings <laughs> it to life, but I feel like there I just started to look at it from a different eye. So it's like, if I was looking at this vignette and this display, if I took out that floral, how would this look? And it was just like, oh, it wouldn't quite be as much because it wasn't just like a tiny little like succulent. It was like, we put a big pot on this beautiful table and then put these beautiful like individual stems that look custom created, but it wasn't like overwhelming. It was just like five or six picks, but like done really well. And so it really created that like, wow factor or the draw me in. Yeah. I love, I I feel like everything needs something like that, regardless of the size of the space. I think it's easy in smaller spaces too. I mean, we obviously design for bigger spaces, but in smaller spaces too, there still needs to be something that captures the eye that ropes us in. That is that unique moment of that's beautiful. And it just makes the space and it doesn't, I think sometimes we either fall into the, it's 
too cookie cutter and too much of the same thing, right? Or we're trying to make everything super special. And I think a lot of times that happens with residential clients. They want the most amazing wall color and the most amazing art. And then the most amazing furniture. When you're done, you're like, that's so much amazing. I can't breathe. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I remember back when I started in residential design, which was the first three years of our business, explaining to clients, Hey, your room is a canvas. We're going to build on top of it, but starting with a white background is not a bad thing. We're going to add in color strategically. We're going to layer this out and getting to those showstoppers that become the 10% at the very end that are just, it doesn't take a lot of glitter to quickly go from gorgeous to tack, right? Exactly. And so just the sprinkle of that and the sprinkle of that floral or the sprinkle of whatever becomes that showstopper for that space mm-hmm. is just, it's, it, it's the make or break it. Yeah, it, it really is. Because I mean, even too, if you're looking at from like a budget standpoint, it's like, how can I get you the best bang for your buck here? Because like, what's the most important to you? Like when you walk into your house or your, your property, like what feels like what you feel like would like truly express your mission statement or your home values, that kind of thing. And so that life and that color from the floral or from the arrangement, I really do feel like expresses that sense of like feeling. And like, this isn't just somewhere where I work or where I live, but this is truly my home or like what I'm really passionate about in my business and bringing in all those colors. Like you're saying from the art or from the paint, it's like, that's how we're going to bring it and tie it all together in a really like impactful way that isn't overwhelming to the eye. Because when you start to do that everywhere, like you're saying, it's like, my brain is a break. Like it's too much. (laughs) Too much. Well, I think too, it's such a good reminder for us as designers to always remember it's not about our vision. It really is about understanding the client's vision. The client wants the relationship and what is it that they want to see in their space when they, what is the feeling they want back to ontological design, but what Mm -hmm. is the feeling that they want when they walk in that space? How is that space designing them back in a productive, creative, meaningful way. What else did you see at market besides the show-stopping florals that you feel like it would be a good takeaway for all the designers listening to this as far as what they can incorporate into their business through the fall and winter months that is just that little extra something that makes their designs relevant, on point, adds value to the client without being a budget, a budget breaker. Yeah. I think it just kind of goes back to like your core values of your business and the the hope for your client, like what is their end result? Like, what are they getting at? So I would just encourage anyone who's going to market because they are so wide, they have furniture, they have accessories, they have like gift too, but like, what's your signature as a designer? So like, whether it's, I'm going to do a custom, you know, like, I don't even know, like basket every time I do this, but like, whatever it is, like finding like your signature point. Um, so that when you walk away from it, even though you're not branding it with like, designed by ColorWorks. It's like, oh, I think ColorWorks has been here because I see, you know, I see a footprint that looks really uh, familiar that shows up everywhere. Exactly. Like they always like, you know, do like a really fun pillow accent, or they always do like a multimedia art that's right in the entryway, you know, like whatever it may be for your business, but going to a market and just having that, like, the, the thought of what can I niche down, especially coming from mm-hmm. e-commerce, like the more you can niche down in that kind of thing, the better you're going to be able to get yourself in alignment with the right client. So true. And I think that's the thing. If I always love to say, if you're trying to meet everyone's needs, you're meeting no one's needs. Exactly. You have to know your target market. What do they want? What do they need? And how do you deliver it? And once you drill down on that, run with it. Yeah. Run, run, run and run hard. And you'll, it'll, you'll be amazed at where your business ends up. 
Yeah. So once you decide on that, when you go to market, it's amazing how those things will start to pop out at you and go, oh yeah, I see that in all of these different vendors. And so that you've truly built those relationships to build margin and make it easier for everybody in install. I love that. Let's talk about future trends. Forecasting is always dangerous. Everyone hates to forecast it. Everyone chickens out and goes, oh, but I don't have a, I don't have a glass ball. I'm like, I know you don't, but if you were guessing going into the spring, based on what you're seeing, what do you, what would you no feet to the flames. And we're not going to judge you if you're wrong. <laughs> I need to give lots of disclaimers to this, but what do you think are going to be that some of the things we're going to be seeing more of in this spring that you're like, Ooh, I'm catching glimpses of this. I bet we see more of that. I feel like that plaster is going to come big into mass market for lighting. So it's going to be a little bit heavier than what you're seeing. I feel like that's going to yep. come in. Um, I'm, I really think the chocolates are going to come in really aggressively. Um, through, through a while. So it'll be in the spring as like its base color, like paired with like more of like that seventies inspired, like greens. So I feel like those color palettes that we're seeing now are going to transition into spring and then like the fur and like the really heavy texture. I just think it'll be a finer one come spring, but I don't think it's going away. Um, so, and, and you'll see that like the odes to the fashion of the nineties, I feel like have started like in a lot of the accessories, like that. Those of us that like, live through the nineties, we meant to hard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like the smiley faces that you're seeing in fashion and all yeah. that. Like you started to see it in the accessories. So I feel like the biggest thing is going to be in home and furniture and decor. Like you're going to start seeing some of the bigger manufacturers do more of those like nineties mm. prints and styles, probably not quite as um, aggressive as the fashion side, but you're going to see it because I started to see it trickle in and it yep. was, I mean, yeah, I was raised in the nineties. And so I'm like, oh no, I don't know how I feel so about this. Do I want to look at this? Like, oh, yes. but it's I'm kind like, of a fun mom glitter. Mom yeah. jeans are back. What's going to happen in the world of design? I can't do mom yeah. jeans. I'm just not there. And I'm okay saying that I'm not yeah. there at this stage in life. I'm just fine with that. Just say it. Um, quick tips for people who've not been to Vegas market specifically, cause you, we were in Neocon in Chicago, which by the way, if you missed that, that was episode one, go back and snag that. Um, that was, wouldn't it be at Neocon? Was that in July? No, June, June. June. So if you want to know commercial trends, go back and listen to our episode on that recap. That would be super duper fun. Um, Di was also at high point earlier in the year and back in the spring. So going to Vegas specifically, now that we're on market number three of the year, what do designers who say, yeah, I've been to high point, but I've never been to Vegas. Why should I go to Vegas? And what do they need to know about Vegas specifically? I really, really enjoy Vegas. Um, because a logistically it's easier to get to than high point, um, high point. If you don't know, is in North Carolina in high point, North Carolina, and you fly in and then you have to drive and then you'd have to stay like lodging is just outside. And then the way they have it set up is more of like, um, a city block, um, kind of like you go outside and you go to each individual one, which is a lot of fun. Like, don't get me wrong, but if you're like, I only have two days to do this and to see as many things, it's quite, not quite as um, streamlined. So with Vegas, because that furniture market, like you said, doesn't just have furniture, it has accessories. It also has some, um, like fixtures like bath and light, there's ton of lighting, um, So, and it's, it's set up in like three really tall buildings that's in Las Vegas. It's not on the strip. It's just off. So you can stay on this strip. You there's shuttles usually that you can take for free from your hotel to the place. 
and it's, it's so makes it so much easier. And then yeah. it's just in the buildings and then there's breezeways. So you can truly get into a building, see what you need to see, map it out. They have a great app. It's just more efficient, I think. And because of what we do, it's just nice to see some of that stuff in person. And I feel like the smaller vendors are going to Vegas over high point. And then Neocon is its own, like its own very specialty commercial. Whereas that's like it's very, yeah, it's, it's just a little bit different, yeah. but I personally really like Vegas. It's easier um, the, everything is organized really well. Most of, most of our vendors are there and it's kind of fun to like go to Vegas because there's great food. Like <laughs> for me, I'm all about the food. I'm like, well, after I'm done, like walking 12 miles today, I'm going to go to Sushi Samba and get some sushi and it's just going to make it all worth it. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about those carbohydrates in that rice. No, I'm not. I am going to 10 miles today. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I feel was that a favorite meal while you were out there. Sushi Samba every time. I'm such every a time for the win. Just love it. I know. We had sushi at Neocon too. And I just could have sat there all night and eaten more yeah. sushi and more sushi. And I'm getting to the point where I don't even want to bother with the rice. I just want pure sashimi. Like, yeah. I just want raw fish and you can just leave me alone. <laughs> and if that repulses you, I totally understand and respect that as well. For those of us sashimi people, oh my gosh, I just host camp there. Yeah. Okay. Host camp there. Um, any last things we're missing on Vegas before we go into our rapid fire round? No, it was really great. I feel like if you've never been to a market and you want to like test the waters, this is a really good first one to start with, um, just to kind of yeah, understand the process like works. Drinking out of a fire hydrant, I feel like Vegas feels much harder. Yeah, I agree. Okay. What is rapid fire? Number one, what is a book that most changed your life, business, or both? This is a hard one because I feel like every book I read, I'm like, never going to be the same after this. Um, I, love that about books. <laughs> I, yeah. I would say personally, the book that changed my life would be untamed by Glennon Doyle. I read that in a season of life where I was really needing some courage. So that one still sticks with me and I tend to buy it for, for everyone. Um, <laughs> Birthdays, baby showers you're getting. Yeah. That's what you're getting from die another book. Surprise, surprise. Um, whether you want it or not. And yeah. then for my business, I, there's probably two. The first one was building a brand story by, um, Donald Miller. So that one just helped me really understand my vision for my business and for, um, the projects I was working on had a really like clearly defined how I wanted to project that to the client and to, you know, the world. So I really enjoyed that one. And then scaling up, um, was not an easy read. It is <laughs> it was, meaty y'all. It was a lot, but it really did help me understand to the back end of the business of like, whatever I'm doing right now, if my goal is to grow business, how can I do this well? So I'm not doing double work or kicking myself when I bring on another team member or we on onboard someone else and it scares them away because it's not done well. So it just reminded me to take a pause. What is your actual plan here so that we can scale correctly? And it's fun and not like, yes. Oh, this is, uh, this didn't go well. <laughs> yeah. And I would say that's one thing we try to do is we try to keep it fun. Um, yeah. I think fun is important. Uh, not that it's not hard, not that it's not gritty and not that we don't have challenges back to Dai's introduction, talking about puzzle pieces. Mm -hmm. We try so hard to still have fun and let people do what they love to do, whatever that is, whether it's like creating the space, whether it's designing the space, whether it's executing the space, whether it's doing all the ordering for the space, whatever it is, plugging the right people into the right position. So the bus rolls forward. I think it's so important. We will have all of these links in our show notes, by the way. So don't worry about scribbling them down or if you're in the car, just know that you can um, hop over to our show notes and we'll have all the hyperlinks there. Number two, what piece of advice would you have told yourself when you were 20? That's such a good one too. Um, I would say to 
really have the freedom to invent and create your own life. Because when you're 20, people are telling you what you should be doing and how this works and how the world works. But friendly reminder, like that was all made up. <laughs> so you can, <laughs> you can make it up on your end too. And if something doesn't feel good to you that you are getting a lot of pressure about or from, whether that's where to go to school, what career to have, what color your hair should be, what you should be wearing, etc. Like if that doesn't feel good in your soul, don't do it because you get to make this up. And like this life is too short to be doing something that you think you should be doing, but do you actually want to do it? And the game changer for me was when I was in my, like had just turned 30 was like, nope, I'm redesigning this. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. And it was when I finally took that leap and was like, I'm going to do exactly what feels good to me that my entire world opened up. And so when you're 20, it's hard to say that because you're 20 and you don't really know anything. Right. But <laughs> invent your life. No offense well, to all the 20 year olds listening. Yes. <laughs> but like, Just invent it. Like no one knows what they're doing. Everyone's no. Googling everything. So just do what feels good. And GPT the bigger questions of life. Um, yes. <laughs> was, yes, I totally agree. And then three, your best time management hack. I started probably about a year ago setting a timer. So if I have a project that I need to be working on that I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to focus because we do we do so many things in a day, right? I set a timer. Like I have 15 minutes to get this done. At, when the timer goes off, then I can move on to the next thing. Or after this 15 minutes, I can go get lunch or go get a coffee. But it's amazing that like I'll finish a project and I'll have like 13 minutes left or like it'll be 13 minutes off two left. And I'm like, in two minutes, what can I get done? And it's amazing in two minutes, like, because I can't stop until that timer goes off that I get so much done in two minutes when I'm like, well, I have to sit here for two more minutes before I can go get iced coffee. So I um, guess I'll go through these emails, like, <laughs> but chisel it out. That's a great really, tip. it's really has helped because power of a moment, like if you can take care of it in the moment and it's out of your brain, I just feel like I live my entire life that way. It's just set a timer, power of a moment, get it done so we can get onto the fun stuff. <laughs> Cause there's always, there's always other stuff around the bend. That's oh, the thing yeah. with procrastination is you end up missing out on so much because there's always going to be something else new and exciting around oh. the corner. So get mm -hmm. this done. So you can free up the space to do that is what I'm hearing you say. Yep. Love it. Okay. That's a wrap. Thank you for joining us for another insightful episode of colorful conversations with Katie. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion today with Di. We love having her on our team and found valuable insights to help you thrive in your design business and life as we try to merge them all right here to all our listeners. Thank you for joining us on this journey of learning and growth, your enthusiasm and dedication to honing your business skills as design professionals. It inspires me to keep bringing you valuable content. So remember to subscribe to our podcast. So you never miss an episode. If you have any questions or even better yet topics you'd like me to cover in future episodes, feel free to reach out. I don't have all the answers, but we're going to find the people that do. <laughs> if you would like one-on-one -on -one time with me, I'd love to discuss your firm, your plan for intentional steps for growth, success, stumbling blocks, wherever you're at, you can book a call with me on our website at www.colorworks.coach. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep designing, and mastering the art of running a successful interior design business that scales to your life. This is Katie Erickson signing off for now. Bye-bye.